Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. This past summer, Rebecca and I had a chance to do some traveling out west. And one of the places that we enjoyed the most had to be Hoover Dam. And then taking that tour inside the dam was pretty special. The turbines that are there and the inner workings of that dam are pretty special. And when you're outside, you don't, can't even imagine the, the immensity of what is there, all that is taking place inside. It's a whole new, it's a whole organization on the inside of that dam that makes it work. And it's pretty incredible, that size of something. At the same time, have you ever thought about every time a mosquito or a gnat comes around and bothers you, that inside that mosquito, inside that gnat, is an intricate organization and a structure that allows that organism to function. We continue, as our elders have asked for us to study, Bible authority on certain topics. Today the topic is the organization of the Lord's Church. It is a fact that nothing runs well without organization of some sort. For things to operate as well as they should, a structure and a process and an organization is certainly necessary. Notice with me, if you will, the passage that was read in Titus 1 and verse 5. Paul obviously had been on a mission journey. And he left Titus behind on the island of Crete. And notice what he said that gives us these ideas within this verse. In this one verse, we find some very powerful statements. Here's one of them. There is a structure and an order to the Lord's church. Notice what he said. I have left you to set in order. Therefore, Titus understood that God wanted the church to have a definite order, and therefore he was assigned that task. But notice what he said second. Set in order what? The things that are lacking. It is obvious then that if the order is not there, then it is lacking. It is not the way that God intends for it to be all of the time. It is lacking. And third, here is also what is implied within the verse. The order that God expects to fill what is lacking is understandable. It's clear. We can figure it out. 
So apparently, as we look at what Titus did and compare it to the rest of Scripture, we can figure out what Bible authority is about the organizational structure of the church. As we consider this for a few minutes this morning, I want us also to be impressed with the church as what God gave us by His design. He did not leave us wandering around trying to figure out what is the Lord's church. As we've been studying these various features of Bible authority, many of them have to do with the church itself. Notice with me, first of all then, about the church, the Lord's church. It should be organized because it is an organism. That means it is alive. That means it is functioning. That means it has a purpose and a job. It has something to do. It is alive. We talk about the church. We're not talking about the structure. We understand that. We're not talking about the facility, the building, wherein the church assembles from time to time. We are talking about the church as a living, breathing organism. And it only functions and works because it has a structure. And it has an organization that does, in fact, work. But about that church, the Bible tells us that it is full grown, but still growing. Look at Ephesians, if you will, chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles and prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to a unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him who is the head of all things, Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which he do, each part does its share, causes the growth of the body of Christ in love. Notice what he says. Did you hear the words of growing in that passage? Growing up into, till we all come to the measure of the stature, now, partially, what he was talking about was, and the primary thing was this. God, when he established the church in Acts chapter 2, began on building that church with apostles and prophets. And then he added to that pastors and teachers. 
that word pastors is the same concept as what Titus was told to put in Crete, elders. I'm not a pastor. And we in the Lord's church need to clean up our language a little bit. I'm not a pastor. In fact, I don't want to be a pastor. We have men who serve as pastors. I am one of the teachers of this passage. And the idea is that God had a structure on which it was built till we all come to the unity of faith. His point for that original structure was until the word of God was completely written so that these apostles and prophets could guide the people until the Bible was written, so then the Bible would guide them from that point. So the church was in a growing process during the New Testament era. And the church is still in a growing process because we are still trying to make ourselves be like Jesus. We are continually growing to be the people God wants us to be. There is no perfect church. It is full grown in that everything we need is here. We don't need anything else. The church was not an afterthought of God. The church was in the plan and the purpose of God. Ephesians chapter 3. And everything the church needs is finally here. And we can be the church God wants us to be. But we are continually growing into that image of Jesus Christ himself. We are, the church, diverse but not divided. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 25, every one of us has a part. We all are a part of the body of Christ. We are individually members one of another. Yes, we are diverse. We're different. We have different talents. We have different likes. We have And all of these flow together to to combine us to be a united group. Even though we are diverse, we certainly are not divided because, third, we are one, though we are many. That passage of 1 Corinthians 12 is all about that. It's all about the idea that says that we are all different members and yet of one body. So the church is what God intended for it to be. He left us this thriving organism, a living, working, breathing organization that he approves of, that we get to be a part of, and more importantly, that we are. We are this church. And as this church, we are to be structured as God would have us to be so that we don't have lacking. Therefore, we then, if Titus was told, and we can see what he did, and we can see what was done in the rest of Scripture, we can know what the structure is. It's clear. He is the head of the body of the church. Jesus is. 
Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Colossians 1, 17 and 18. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. Jesus is the head of the church. There is no other head. Nobody else takes the place of Jesus. In this organizational structure, he is the head. But just then, as Titus was left with a job to do, to set in order what was lacking, certainly the head was not lacking for Jesus was sitting at the right hand of God and he was the head of the church. So what was lacking? Well, the Bible says that Titus appointed elders. The elders then function as the heart of the body. Jesus is the head of the body, which is his church, the fullness of him who fills all in all. But the elders function as the heart. Of the body. Paul said to the elders from Ephesus, Take heed to yourselves and to the flock of God which is among you. Take the oversight thereof. He was warning them that from among your own selves many will rise up teaching other things. He was saying, Your job is to take charge of that church, the flock that is among you. That's what Peter talked about in 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3. To the elders who are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, he said. You take the oversight, not forcefully, but willingly. Not for greed, not for greed, but in sacrificial ways. He's saying... You serve willingly those people who are under your authority. The elders are the heart of the church. Everything that the church in a local fashion is should revolve around that place, that call, those men should not revolve around the preacher. There are many churches that do not continue to exist when the preacher leaves or changes. Why? Because that church was built around the preacher. Church should not be built around the preacher. should be built around the elders. Do you know why we have churches today who are not teaching the truth even though they fly the banner as though they are the Lord's church? I'll tell you why. Because the heart of that church is corrupted. The elders allowed it to happen. I know of a situation where a preacher of the gospel was caught on video saying things that were absolutely opposed to the word of God. He thought he was in a semi-private meeting. When that video was aired, 
churches all across the country, because he was a very popular speaker, began to cancel the events they had with him. Because the elders in those places said, we will not support a man who doesn't stand for truth. You know what he had to do? He came out just as publicly saying, I made a mistake. I misspoke. I was wrong. You see what happened? When elders stood up and did the job they should have done, they were able to rein him back in. Oh, you know it here. These elders will rein me in. You can guarantee it. And they will rein everyone in because that's the job they've been called to do. They are the heart of the body. Let me suggest second or next, third, I guess. The deacons of the church function sort of like the internal organs of the body. Now, I know you deacons probably don't want to be called a kidney or an appendix. Or maybe you don't want to be called the gut. But in effect, that's what deacons do. You are the internal organs of the church. That is where the work is taking place. That's what's happening on the inside to keep this organization and this organism functioning as it should. Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 8, he appointed deacons for that very purpose. And I'm sure, though it's not mentioned, that Titus did the same thing in Crete. For it was a part of the structure of the church that we see in the first century. The idea of these men functioning in this way began back in Acts chapter 6 when the church was having some problems because there were some widows who were in need of food and they were being overlooked. And so they created a structure where there were seven men in charge of making sure these women were taken care of. It is on that idea that the deacon concept was later formed. The word deacon simply means a servant. And therefore, what you have is you have the deacons who are working to see on the internal structure of the church that it continues to roll and accomplish and do. Because again, nothing is successful without organization. And then according to 1 Corinthians 12, or Romans 12, 4 and 5, though we being many are one body in Christ, all of us others as members fill up the other parts of the body of Christ. As Paul would say, you could be an ear, or you could be an eye, or you could be a nose, or hands, or feet, and not any part can say to the other one, I don't need you, because that would leave the body lacking. I am sure that the order and the structure that Titus put in place under the head Jesus Christ, elders who as the heart of the church 
deacons who function as the organs of the inside that are working and making things happen, and all of the members who are supplying and being supplied makes a body, an organism, an organization. So what we have in the structure that God has designed for us, we have the head that informs the body. We have the heart that supplies the body. We have the members who are supplied by the heart and who give back to the body by working the part that they were designed to play. And when that happens, the church functions. Because God's organizational structure works, it is effective. When this structure, when we look at it and we see it happening, we can see it in the physical body, we can see it in the spiritual body. When it is structured the way God wants, it causes connection. There is connection. Every single part of the body is connected some way in this structure. You know what it's like when there's a disconnect, right? Maybe as we get older... There's a disconnect between the mind and the memory. We know what that's like. Or better yet, what about a disconnect when a nerve is cut and all of a sudden you can't feel one part of your body? Some are struggling with that. Or how about a disconnect when you lose a part of your body? You see, when the structure is in place, when the organization works, it causes connection. It creates dependency. The hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. For certainly the hands do need the feet. Now I admit it can still, the body can still function without feet, but only because of a crisis. There's a man that goes to the Freed Hardman Lectures every year. He's from over in um, Ashland area, Kentucky. Many years ago, he had a train accident, and both of his legs were cut off. And he goes to the Freed Hardman Lectures every year. His hands are his feet. And he has these handles that he walks on everywhere, going up and down stairs, in the snow, in the ice, is he a whole body? No. But he's able to function. He's not whole. He's lacking. But see, the structure that God has for the church is, it is lacking when it's not all together, but he's supplied things that will help take up the slack if necessary for a while. Cooperation occurs. Because of this structure. 
We depend on each other. We're connected to each other. And therefore, we cooperate with each other so that this is a functioning, living, breathing organism. When John was talking to the seven churches of Asia, and he looked at one of those churches and he said, You are dead. He meant, You're not a thriving, living organism. People don't look at you and think about life and something great and wonderful. They look at you and say, that's a dead group of people. You may have been around churches that appear to you to be dead. Oh, we don't want to be. We want to thrive and be alive and be an active organism. And the only way that will happen is by using an organizational structure that God has given us. The final thing is this. This organization, this organism depends upon those who comprise this organization. Number one, because we select our own leaders. There aren't men who are being told by God, oh, go select these guys because those are your leaders. He did that in the early church. Titus was involved in that. Timothy was involved in that because those first ones had to be appointed in ways because they hadn't been Christians long enough to grow to a certain point. Paul went on missionary journey number one and about two years later went on missionary journey number two and that second time through he appointed elders in every city, Acts 13 and 14. Some of those men had not been Christians but two years. Well, based on the qualifications of those who serve as elders, they need to be not novices So I believe God miraculously took care of that situation so that there would not be a lacking in the church and so that they would be able to be what God wants. And now we use those qualifications to make sure we have men qualified who can lead this organization. We are in the process right now of thinking about men who could serve in that capacity of both as elders and as deacons. Search wisely. Use what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 to see what men are qualified. Use what Titus used to determine what men are qualified because we select our leaders. That's the implication of 1 Peter 5. Serve willingly, it says. Willingly, why? Because someone asked them to. We do. But number two, The organization depends upon the submissiveness of the organism. Once those leaders are in place, we are to be submissive. Obey those who rule over you, Hebrews 13, 17, for they watch out for your souls. Let them do it with joy, not with grief. Once we've selected those who are going to lead us in any capacity to fill the structure that is whatever degree lacking, then it is our job to say, all right, I'll be submissive, and I'll jump in and do my part, and I will make sure that this church is a living, breathing, active, 
active organism to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this world, the saving of souls. This is what God says. By his authority is the structure for his church. I dare not change it. We dare not alter it. We only dare to do what God says. And in so doing, we will and can be effective in our work. The work of that church is to teach the gospel. Maybe today you are a person who knows that the gospel saves. We are saved by the gospel. First Peter, our first Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. The fact that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, we are saved by that message. When I die to sin and I'm buried in the waters of baptism and rise to walk a new life, a new man, Ephesians 4, 24 and 25. Today, if you're not a child of God, you're not a part of that organism, the church. And we want you to be a part. Not only so that you can be saved when the Lord returns, but so that you can add to this body to make it even more vibrant than it is. Because the more who come to be a part, the more vibrant and growing this church is. If you're struggling, you need the Lord's help with our prayers. We ask you to come as we stand and sing today. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.